G'day and welcome to Runners Radio. I am your host, Rick Mirabella. And today we are on the catch-up, our monthly chat about all things endurance, sport and just life in general with my mate, the media mogul. We welcome back Mick Sharkey. Yes, Richard Diego. How are you, brother? Oh, we're feeling good, brother. We just uh, we just finished a session S and C. We did. He, My legs are bloody sore. His ability to use his glutes is still mediocre at best. Listen, let's let's not forget. Now I have reminded you of this once, but in senior football for um, SIS Sports at Nazareth College, year two thousand. Actually, it was nineteen ninety nine because I was in year eleven. And we were playing at Padua Mornington. My old school. Yeah. So we were playing uh, we we're playing senior footy, Padua Mornington. And the lovely girls of Padua Mornington informed me after the game that I had been voted best ass on the field. I don't remember this, but continue. No, that is true. No, I'm sure it is. Sure I, it is. Uh, look, it's something I took seriously. And for the, for the rest of how long since then? 19 years. I have worked at shaping and crafting a gluteus maximus that is of uh, of high standard. So I will not sit here and listen to you <laughs> poke fun at my glute work. I'm I, I'm quite happy with what's going on back there. Aesthetics and performance is something very different. But no, your deadlifts were good. I agree. But you um you still had a little bit of work to do. How have you been, buddy? It's been a busy time, no doubt, for you in the uh, sales in the sales yes, world. Yes, busy week in the middle of sales inspections for the Melbourne Premier Sale at the moment. So lots of hours out there past the airport at Oakland's looking at young horses. And uh, what is it? It's a Thursday morning today. Sunday it kicks off and we'll be into it for three days trying to buy probably, I think we'll buy three or four from this sale. We'll probably look at about 200 to get those three or four. It's an exciting time because like any athlete or sport that's in its infancy, you, you've, it's exciting because it's just the, the world's your oyster, the like the sky's the limit with these kind of things. So when you're buying these things, can you just give the listeners some of the, some of the things you might look at in these thoroughbred athletes? Yeah, it's like any young athlete. I think if you related it to AFL, to pre-season, you know, or not pre-season, to the, to the uh, national draft, and all through the 18s competition, they're looking at obviously the athletic ability, but then they look at the, the physical type of the player. They want a certain size. They want a certain shape. They want to see room to develop and, and grow as well uh, physically as well as mentally. I think that's become a big thing in football and that both those factors are big things for us when we're looking at horses. You want a, a horse with a good attitude as much as anything else. You don't want a raving lunatic that comes out of its box and starts jacking up and kicking and everything like that because when they go into a stable and they have to go to work, uh, they're going to really struggle. So, uh, yeah, like a, a balanced athlete is effectively what we're looking for with good natural strength and some room to grow. And the Magic Million sales in January, that's the first sale of the year. That's the one we first bought from. Those young horses now are being what they call broken in. So they're taught to accept a saddle and a rider and everything else. So we're watching their progress at the moment and that's kind of like your pre-season. You know, it's the first time the the new players go and join the team and, and start working out what it's all about. So, yeah, it's really fun. For those of you who haven't heard the catch-up before, Mickey's in the thoroughbred industry and has been in a journalistic and media view, but now in, in buying horses as well, buying elite thoroughbreds. And his company, Spice of Thoroughbreds, is at the very pointy end of that game in the whole of Australasia. So... He's got a pretty cool job and it's it's really interesting because he does love his horses, but also 
he's obviously around me all the time in that sports science field. So I get to learn a lot off him. And, and the, the physiology and the, I guess, the overall athletic profile is really similar in those 500, 550 kilo athletes and in us endurance athletes and the footballers and basketballers that come through here. Mate, it's been a busy time in sport. Um, obviously, in Australia, all the main codes, the Aussie rules and the NRL is starting to kick off. Where the American sports, the NFL come to a close. Obviously, the Super Bowl. Oh, wasn't that exciting? The Pats don't don't be facetious. It's a great game, and the Pats did magnificent. Tom Brady Mm. is the goat. One (laughs) one try for the whole game. It's called a touchdown. Touchdown. We'll continue on. Um, Aussie rules is really peaking up. A lot of our footballers in here are really starting to get busy, and we're getting into rules of real game sense type stuff. The practice matches are a couple of weeks away, so the work's been done. Some of these footballers. At the elite level, sub-elite and local have been working for five months in here just to prepare themselves for this upcoming season. We did have the National Track 5K. Oh, I've been watching this. Now, I know you've just just got his ears. His his attention has been sparked. Jordan Gussman won the national title for Australia 5,000 metres. Stopping the clock in 13.29, Mick Sharkey. And hasn't his restaurant been going well? I don't understand what you're talking about. Guzman Gomez. Isn't that Mexican? Isn't it pronounced Guzman? Isn't he the Mexican restaurant guy? The favourite, Stewie McSwain, was second in 13.31. Now, Stewie's had a massive 12 months, and he only just got off the plane. He's been travelling flat out for the um, European winter. Ah, so Stewie. 13.31. He will challenge Buster Mottram's 12.55 one day. Buster Mottram. I'm not sure he'll beat it, but he'll definitely challenge the 12.55, which is the national record. Melissa Duncan took out the women's in 15.29. Now, Melissa had crazily blustery conditions out there as she beat the underdog Paige Campbell in 15.31. Sinead Diver, who you might remember, won the Melbourne Marathon at age 42 last sister year. Sister of Stewie Diver? No, not sister of Stewie. You've the said that last time. bloke who, was he buried under a... Mount Threadboat. Let's yeah. move on. Gee, that Fif- was a long time ago. Yeah, I reckon the mid-90s. 15.35, Sinead won. But um, she is, I believe, better on the road at this Imagine time. if she took up diving instead in of, wouldn't her. that just be perfect? Let's continue on. Melissa Duncan, I just got to keep him on track for this period and then I can let him loose. Melissa Duncan, though, national champion. So for the rest of these lives, their lives, Melissa Duncan and Jordan Gussman can say, oh, I won a national title. On over, you guys. Over the hallowed distance of 5,000 metres. There is one more athlete that's doing some good stuff in the world I want to talk about, Mick. And um, I'm loathe to get on this subject with you, but we did promise in the last catch-up you weren't going to talk about Africans and their different names and people that assimilate over there. Anyway, right. Julian Wanders. Is that, can, is, are they from Africa? Julian Listen, Wanders is, let if, me guess, Ethiopian. If you let me finish. Kenyan, then, Guatemalan. For the, listen, South, for the listeners America. that don't know, Julian Wanders is a young 22-year-old from Switzerland. I've been following oh. him for four or five years now. He moved to Kenya at least, did. listen, seven or eight months of the year he spends in Eton, the running kept Mecca. Um, anyway, he's a, he's really put all his energy into there. He goes back home to Switzerland three or four months a year. He is a beast. He works extremely hard, but smart. At 22, I feel like he's got the running age of a 28, 29-year-old. So he's got amazing things to come. The reason I want to speak about him is he absolutely smashed the European half marathon world record. He ran 59-13, smashing Mo Farah's record. Now listen... He moved to Kenya at the age of 18, which again brings up the topic which we won't talk about today. It's more of a coach's corner, mm. but nature versus nurture. 
the DNA and the physiology we get from our parents and that, and then what we can nurture it to be. So what he has trained his body to be since a mid, a mid teenager in Switzerland, moving over to Africa. And he just, he just became Kenyan basically. Anyway, he's doing good things. He's he became beaten. Kenyan. He, he pretty much lived like the Robinson twins before. In him. a cave and <laughs> hunting rhino and things like that. And oh, you're so stereotypical. We're going to get through 30 you minutes. You told me that's what those Kiwi blokes did. The Kiwi blokes. They were chasing gazelle. and Jake and Zane Robinson. You've, Jake and uh, Zane. You've really elaborated on what I'm saying. No, they did live. I'm only repeating it. In a hut. In a hut. That was it. six months. In a grass hut fashioned with just meagre scraps that they found around them. Yes, but they, they had no money. That is correct. Ju- Julian's done something very similar. But he's from the, the very affluent part of Switzerland in Geneva. Like he, yeah. he could have had the best, the most comfortable life. He's chosen, no, no, I'm going to live in Eton for six or seven months. One of his big comments was, in Eton, I've got no stresses. All I've got to do is run and recover. Run and recover. Now, how simple is that? I think we can take something from that. But just keep your ears out for Julian Wanders over the next five or six mm. years, listeners. We'll give you up- updates on him. And he is a true student of the sport. I think uh, when he was 17, 18, he wrote a, his, ma- his last um, high school education, his last big project was on the Kenyans and why they're so good. So you can just tell from a young age he was going to be a student of the sport. So and will he run for Switzerland or Kenya? Oh, I think he'd still run for Switzerland. He would suggest. Could be like a reverse cool running yeah, sort of situation. Cool. I, was, I wasn't going to use cool runnings as the demo. There is a lot of East Africans that, that do run for uh, first that's world. That's right. Well, that's true. First world nations. But Bernie Legat, Mo Farah, people like that, case in point. Is there any other sport we've missed? I know February was just coming to an end. We're about to get into the autumn over here in the Southern Hemisphere, the fall. Is there anything else we've missed, do you think? Any footy you've been impressed with? The, the um, We're going to talk about AFLX later, but the, the any I any didn't even footy? see AFLX, but I, I'm sort of, I don't really tune in to the football until sort of late March, April. I think any any talk about anything beforehand is either about two things. Knackerbags got injured in a preseason scratch match or player XYZ was videoed snorting cocaine. Or drugs are bad. They're the three topics. They are the three topics at this time of year. It's a good assumption. It's it's pretty pretty much spot on the money. Mm. Um, I do get excited. Or oh, oh, Carlton's going to have a good year. Yes. Every time this... Oh, Carlton, they're going to they're gonna improve. They're not crap anymore. That's going on two decades now. Yeah. We've been hearing that in yeah. February. And still yet to materialise. But with um, with the, the footy at this time of year, I do get excited... And you Americans and Europeans can relate, no doubt, with with world football, soccer, and and the NFL. You do get very excited, and, and everything's fresh. And like I was talking about with Sharky's uh, young young yearlings before, everything's fresh. So they're literally it's a blank slate. There's 18 sides in the nation that could do really well, and I get really excited just to see the JLT, which is our preseason comp, and just see what what's gonna eventuate. Who's playing where? Who's looking good? Who's fi- what? Some of the structures, some of the tactics. And just all that stuff. So I do get pumped about that. You're I, you're involved in the local footy club. I am now. Yes, I've been. Peter I've been. Vale, I've been EDS, involved in the yeah, Eagles. Aussie rules for thirty years now. That's my now 30th. you're the official fitness coach. Am I correct? Uh, yes, mate. Yeah. Fitness trainer. Mm-hmm. So it's a couple of weeks before the practice matches and local football level. 
what is the biggest challenge for the playing group at the moment at that level? Obviously, you're going to have different levels of motivation. You guys mm-hmm. that are there to absolutely smash it and they're super fit and they're probably off the booze. Mm-hmm. The people that don't live that lifestyle and are just doing enough. Yep. Is that an issue for you because they can drag a group down? Yeah, it is. That's a great question without notice. I've um, still got a couple in me. I love EDS, um, the club. They've been great the last five months. I've done. I've been in this role, this S and C role, for fifteen years at footy clubs, where even when I was playing, I was doing it. So, I've been at different levels. VFL. I worked with a lot of AFL professional guys. And look, to be honest, the VFL and this MPNFL level, it shouldn't be too different. The VFL, for those listeners, they're they're borderline professional. They get. They uh, play against professionals every week. Um, they're televised games. The MPNFL, which is what we're in, the EDS Eagles are in, is a bloody good standard. It's it's one of the best leagues in the in the country. Okay, and they're they're a very good footy club. I'm just trying to preface this for the listeners. Um, so there's fifty there's fifty players on a list, and legit thirty of them are extremely talented, and the other twenty are, are very good as well. So that it's a very good club, the EDS club, and they they're very professional. This time of year, yes, you got the boys that have been doing four or five months of solid work. So they've eaten everything up. We've done the two, three nights a week. They've done all the extras. They've trained like VFL players. And then, yeah, you might have 15 or 20 that might have rolled in in January. So we start early November for the listeners out there. Rolled in in early Jan, late Jan. Just did enough to get by. Then there's only so much me and the other coaches can really drive. Obviously, on it's really up to the leaders. And then it becomes how strong your playing leaders are. So your group of six to eight, ten leaders, your captains, your vice captains, and just the leaders around the club, for them to demand the standards and drive the culture. And I think that's the same in any footy club, but whether it's um, well, GDS are in a very strong comp, but even a, a bush bush league, if your leaders aren't strong, so no matter if Mick Sharkey hasn't done the work yet, yes, we demand it. But his peers, his peers must demand it as well. And that's the only way you see successful clubs. We've got a club in our um, competition, Mick, that you know very well. And a lot of the players roll through here in HQ called the Franks and YCW Stonecats. Won seven out of eight premierships. And um, I actually started with them on year one of their premiership reign. And they are, culture-wise, second to none. And they taught me so much about life and, and culture. So EDS is certainly talented. They're certainly getting there. And we do... They're a great bunch of boys, and they could, they could, yes, the, the head coach Jade is not going to let me say that for this list, but they definitely should be flag favourites, if not the top two or three in the betting. But a long answer to a short question, that usually comes back to the peers. Mm. In a team sport, the science and the coaches can only do so much. They're going to listen to their peers more. So if Sharky's having a few darts on a Friday night, seven or eight beers, not getting loose, but probably not doing what he should be doing before a hard session. Well, I can pull you up, or hopefully your, your peers and your mates can mm. pull you up. Because it would show no doubt in their output. And uh, probably the two, at this time of year in particular, when it is the season for it, I'd imagine the two words that send a little shiver up your spine and that of the coaching panel would be long weekend. Correct. Yeah, long, which we all love and like I love. Because it's just a temptation on a Friday just to have a couple mm. more than you think. Because you go, oh, I've got that extra day. I've mm. got that extra day. That extra day. And look, yeah, I get it. And oh, like, I love having a good time more than anyone. So I do understand where the players are at. But as long as they're doing the work and being intelligent when, when they have a crack, then 
we shouldn't have any issues. I actually enjoy them having a crack together because I feel like if you've got 20 or 30 teammates having a good time together off the field, then it usually um, later on down the track ends in success. But as long as they're doing the hard work together and not just taking the easy options, mm. mate. But yeah, it's a busy time. They've got practice matches coming up and, and we're just trying to... The number one rule in my role is just to keep everyone conditioned and uh, obviously making sure they can get to as many contests as possible and make good decisions on the field so they're not too fatigued. And then the number one rule is just to keep 50 blokes fit. So if, if you've got half your list out, then um, I'm not doing my job. So it's an exciting time, brother. Any other sports or we're covered? I think we're covered. We've got a lot of races covered. coming up. We've got 12 weeks till Great Ocean Road, which Sharky is not coming to. I might. When, what date is it? <laughs> it's mid-May. I might come down and throw the leg around something. Yeah, I think you should, mate. 5K it's or is there a 1K? There's a 1.5, but that's for the juniors. Oh, You're going to be like the... I might taught some kids a lesson. Oh, I reckon a few of those kids could beat you just quietly, but... <laughs> no doubt they would. We have got a um, a big crew. Over 100 this year going to Great Ocean Wow. Rates. It is big, so I've been... I'm going to come and roll the swag out, I think. I think you should, brother. It's Apollo Bay, for those listeners out of Victoria. It's a beautiful, picturesque, famous Great Ocean Road. 6K, 14K, 23K, 44K, and 60K. I'm going to come and roll the swag out, and then I'll go tuna fishing while I'm down there. Yeah, there is good tuna up there. Yeah, that time of year, I'll smash them. You would love it, buddy. We're going to talk about fishing a little bit later on. Mm -hmm. But I tell you what, it is 12 weeks till that. It's uh, 18 weeks till Gold Coast Marathon, and it's 24 till Run Melbourne. So I reckon I've dished out 150 different running programs. The guys are running really well. And we in here at HQ, we also did a bit of strength testing, which you did very well at, might I say. And uh, we did a 10K time trial just to get everyone a little bit accountable coming up after Christmas break. And it's been received really well and it's been unbelievable the amount of different programs I'm writing that I don't think I would have written the last couple of years because people are getting involved. And that's all we need. If you're listening at home, I know this isn't normally a uh, sports science uh, catch up once a month, but just pick something. Pick something even five months down the track and then just little little goals from here to there. And I'm, I promise you, you will be absolutely stoked with your progress in six weeks' time if you just chip away little, little, little bits at a time. Shark, I think it's time. I think mm-hmm. it's time for the very new segment, Overrated, Underrated. Overrated or underrated? Now, I feel like this show divides a nation. But um, I know you're not going to like it. I'm not a big fan. Actually, I'm not a fan at all of reality TV. For some reason, I got into this like It could be the 930 group in here. We've got about uh, 25 or 30 mums, that mm-hmm. um, working mums and mums with the young kids that come in. And they're fantastic. And we have a lot of good fun. They probably got me in a Married at First Sight Australia last year. And I started watching a couple. And then when I was home, I watched a couple more. It is quite addictive. I'm not sure it makes you any more intelligent. In fact, I'm very confident you're possibly 20% dumber every time you watch it. But it is very, very, very humorous at times. I'm not, I hope some of them are actors because if they're not, they're quite bad people. Overrated, underrated, married at first sight, Australia. I love trash TV. And gratefully, I haven't got involved in this series. But uh, look, I'm a fiend for all things... Hopeless TV, particularly Kardashians. I, was, I had a Kardashian addiction there for a while. Absolutely just frothed over a bit of Kardashians action. Uh, pr- probably pre-Jenner sex change. I think the show probably peaked. It jumped the shark at that point, let's face it. 
Married at First Sight. I have not seen much of it except for the little clips on social media. And I've got to say, it's brilliant. It is train wreck television. Train wreck is the word. Why would you, first and foremost, if you want to find a partner, wouldn't you start with your mates and say, listen, I've now I've got my issues, but do you have some? Is there anybody you know that you could set me up with? Anybody? Because my next option, legitimately, I'm such a wit, is my next option going, throwing my hat in the ring on a national TV show and marrying a stranger, literally the first time I meet them. I think if you said that to a friend, if they didn't say, oh, geez, what about that bloke at work with the gimpy leg or that girl with the lazy eye from, you know, accounts, if they couldn't find a human being with a heartbeat that was willing to open their hearts to to this social misfit that they called a friend, then they're not really a friend. Okay, okay. Now listen, I totally agree with that, but I feel like the um, the show itself and the production, which is it's produced to within an inch of its life. Oh yeah, but it's hilarious. I'm going to give it a big underrated. Yeah. I reckon Maths is underrated. Yeah, doubly um, underrated. Not sure I'm gonna rush home to watch it every night but i do enjoy it when i do get a bit of maths action the big bash cricket now this is a i reckon they've um what's the word the golden goose have they cooked yeah they cooked it they've cooked the golden they goose. cooked it it's like those chips when you go to the fancy restaurants and say, oh, chips cooked three ways mate you only need to cook a chip once mm. it's called frying it just do it and don't ruin my chip I they have ruined the big bash They've cooked it three ways. I agree. And then they've stomped on its corpse. Yeah, that's a very nice analogy. And it's, I'm actually picturing that because when it was big, not big, but when it was, I know people still go, whatever, and people still watch. So they're going to say, oh, the stats say otherwise. But I feel like they've overkilled it for 45, 50 days of the, of the uh, summer. And I also feel like you can't remember who won the bloody thing. Like you can, I know the Renegades won, but you can hardly remember that now already. So it's got no meaning. Whereas we can tell... Me and Shark can tell you who won the Ashes in 93, who who won a game of footy from 1997. Because every game's got meaning, everything's got a bit of purpose. I feel like this is a, uh, talking of productions, it's just a production. Mm-hmm. I love those cricketers, they, they deserve what all, every cent they get, but 50 days is too much. So I'm going to say overrated for the Big Bash, do you agree? Yes, overrated. Fantastic. We quickly touched on this. It's got a pl- part to play. I was out drinking frothies at a friend's birthday at Barefoot Lawn Bowls, but I missed mm-hmm. it all. AFLX, overrated, underrated. Quite simply, this is more manufactured, self-indulgent wankery from the pontiffs at the AFL who just think they are the world's gift to sports administration. It is unnecessary frog shit. That's what it is. I don't know what they're trying to do or who they're trying to appeal to. If this stuff about, oh, we're trying to, you know, make it appeal to the younger generations and the NBA and when the players turn up wearing all their clothes, the players in the NBA turn up wearing all that gear. That's just them being them. If we have to say to players, oh, listen, uh, Jack Rewalt and friends, if you want to wear a funny suit and uh, turn up to the game, oh, we think that'd be pretty good for the kids. If you have to manufacture that, it's not real. 
Piss off AFLX. <laughs> okay, so it's a big underrated from Shark. I'll be overrated. I'll be very verbose of you then in that in that last sentence as well. I will be very very quick about this. I didn't watch it. wasn't that interested. Understand it's for the kids. Great that the, it's for the kids. I hope. I, I agree with you. I don't think we need all that hype and that dress up, oh, and all, all that crap. Puke. But I feel like the actual AFLX concept itself. I feel like they are um, building into an overseas type thing. Oh, I, I think it can. Nobody cares overseas Just about listen, football. It's over like the, hurling or you know <laughs> ice hockey. No in, one cares except the people in those countries. In the next decade or two, no it way. can translate over. To a soccer pitch or an NFL ground. That's all I'm saying. Bet with you, it doesn't go. That's all I'm saying. I'm still going to say overrated though. Our final one. (laughs) We could get into a a two-minute tangent on this, but just the simple art and sport of fishing. The most underrated thing on earth. (laughs) He's so passionate. It is the greatest. (laughs) I'm going to say it's a sport. It is the greatest sport in the history of. Anything. What other sport can you go and have a good day at and then eat your good day? I can't have it. I can't eat a football. I can't. I can't run a PB on the track and eat my watch. But I can bloody well eat a fish if I catch one. All right. He loves it, and he's been very passionate for 25 years about it. I um, I'm definitely going to say underrated as well. I haven't fished in a good five, ten years. But Mick Sharkey was good enough to um, take me and my young son Sol out. My middle son is. Don't know where he gets it from, but he absolutely loves fishing. He watches it all on Netflix. So Sharky's a great man. We've been trying to tap a weekend. He took me out on his tinny on Western Port Bay, which for those of you listeners, it's it's not quite Port Phillip Bay and glass. And his tinny's a little bit bouncy. A little bit bouncy. And his tinny's small. It's very it's quite small. It's made of tin. But anyway, he's a genius. All Soul wanted was a um a gummy and Shark just did his bloody thing. He put his finger up in the wind and he did his little thing. We're out there for no no crap listeners, five minutes and Sol had a gummy on the end of his rod and we proceeded to catch a dozen whiting and and um, a few other bits and pieces. But Sharky knows his stuff. I'll give him credit. He reckon he knows his fish as much as he knows his horses. So I'm going to say underrated as well. And it is very relaxing out there as well, just sitting there for four or five hours. He is a fisherman. I believe that he could, if he did it for a living, he would. Is that correct? I would survive, yes. He would survive. All right, we're done for overrated, underrated. I think it's almost time for that time that our producer, Tommy J Senior, hates so much because it just gives him so much more work. Sharky's running joke. It's the running joke. All right. Now, I will admit, this one's a bit rank, but... Hang on a minute. Just I'll stop you right there. It's good. Yet again, I've been in the weights or in the working guys in HQ for three hours. So I've never haven't it. We just come up here. Have not heard him. He hasn't articulated this joke to me. All right, let's go. Okay, I might have had to adjust it slightly to technically make it about running or include a running theme. But picture this, right? So there's a, a lookout on the top of a cliff. And on the lookout stands this young lady, bawling her eyes out, holding onto the edge of the cliff, just staring over, about to, uh, about to jump and, and say farewell to this mortal coil. And she hears a voice behind her and says, are you okay? She turns around and there's a, a hobo standing there. She says, my life's over, it's ruined, I'm, I'm better off if I'm not here. And he says, oh, that's, look, that's terrible. Do you want to think about it? And she said, no, no, I'm, I'm going, I'm jumping, I'm, that's it. He says, oh, well, okay, 
as long as you're going to jump, if you're going to jump, why don't, you know, why don't we, uh, we... And she turned around and looked at him and said, you are disgusting. What an awful human being you are. I can't believe you would say that to me. In my condition, you're, you're, you're a disgrace. Rack off and leave me alone. He said, okay then, I'll just run down and... The bottom. I heard the word run in there, so I'll pass it just... Whether Tommy Senior passes that is another thing, so that might not get past the producer, but we'll let it go. Technically, it's a... Joke. Yeah, it's not a... It's got so many issues, it's not funny. Like, you've touched on a, a lot 65 of... A 65-year-old lady told me that. Well, at a financial planners conference. Well, you do go to some very weird junkets. She was very pleased with it. You surround yourself with some very weird and interesting people. I thank Sharky for his time today. You'll I see, thank you, Rick. You'll see him again next month on the catch-up. Please do something today that's going to make you better tomorrow. Possibly starting with not listening to that last joke. I'm going to eat some gingerbread. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, listeners.